Well, there is one man who has that kind of magic, only he's kind of busy this time of year himself. You don't mean... That's right. It's Hanukkah Harry. Live from the 1980s, it's Totally Rad Christmas. Hit it! It was the 1980s. Darth Vader told Luke he was his father. We were shown our brain on drugs. The Sony Walkman ate up our tapes, and comedy sketches spoofed and commented upon the holidays before a live studio audience. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me are two Totally Rad Christmas all-stars. You'll know the first from the Sounds of Christmas podcast. It's Ken Kessler. Ken, what's happening? I don't even know. It's getting to be that crazy time of year. <laughs> yeah, you're, this is when you start releasing like an episode every day, just about. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm up to two a week, looking at three a week, probably after Thanksgiving, maybe, yep. maybe into December. We'll see. Yeah, that's what I is starting that uh, that Monday after Thanksgiving. I'm going to be three a week. Um, but I don't do, I remember there was, I think you started on like the 15th and of like last year, 15th of December. And you just went like every day for a while. And I was like, man, not even I have that kind of stamina. (laughs) Yeah, that that was crazy. Uh, but my second guest you've heard on the Christmas podcasts podcast, it's Sean Sotka. Sean, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just get my dysfunctional family Christmas in New England going. That's all. (laughs) Uh, I may or may not be singing one of those songs later. (laughs) Oh, but how you guys been? What's been happening? Oh, just getting to be crazy, like Ken said. And uh, just we're getting snow here in uh, the Midwest and uh, got my lights up and getting my podcast going and doing some other Christmas stuff for another website. And yeah, I'm feeling like you, Jerry. No sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 for some reason, thought. Hey, I'm doing okay. I have some time. And then I realized, wait, Thanksgiving is coming. It's next week. I, I, <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought I, thought yeah. I had one more week before because I have the week of Thanksgiving off. So I was talking to the wife and, and her son and it's like giving him, telling him he needs to plan more. And it's like, she's like, you're off next week. Uh, Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's next week already. Man, yeah, this time's ta- flying. Time has flown by this year. It seemed like it was crawling like in March and April. And now it's like on a full on sprint. Yeah. Like we're going to blink and it's going to be 2023, I think. Sprint's too slow for what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 The Verizon or, or uh, what's what's one of the others? <laughs> T-Mobile. T-Mobile. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Light speed is too slow for what, how it's going right now. Let's put it that way. We, are you saying we need ludicrous speed? I think ludicrous is even too slow. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to go to plaid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes. Oh man. Um, so we're here uh, <laughs> before we get too far off the rails. 
Uh, we're here to talk about Saturday Night Live. talking specifically about some of their 80s Christmas content and sketches, but of course, we're going to talk about Saturday Night Live in general. So before we get into everything, like what do you guys remember about Saturday Night Live? Like what's, you know, what's some of the stuff that's, uh, that's still in your brain there? What about, let's start with you, Ken. I, I, Ken, you, I want to say something quick. We're, we're going to date ourselves doing this. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right out of the shoot. I am. Right out of the shoot. We're dating um, ourselves. Go ahead, Ken. Especially uh, considering that we're talking about Christmas Saturday Night Live. One of the things that really sticks with me is when the not ready for time primetime yes. players, led by Garrett Morris, mm -hmm. did Winter Wonderland. Yes, with the great with and a lot of the band Saturday Night Live band became the Blues Brothers band. Mm -hmm. So you had Blue Lou Marini playing saxophone there for them, and it was just you know Garrett Morris is singing lead on it, and then there's. Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and Chevy Chase. And there was Gilda Radner, Gilda Radner and Lorraine yeah. Newman. And oh, there was one more. Who was the other? Jane Curtin? Yeah, Jane Curtin. And it's just, <laughs> it was just fun and unexpected. They came back from a commercial break um, and went into this song. And I think about it every year at Christmas time. Mm hmm. Well, and I think that's one of the ones that still endures, like um, whenever they do their primetime Christmas special, you know, nowadays they add a lot of the more modern sketches, right. but that's still one that they always play. And so that's like a testament to, you know, the start and the, uh, the original cast, which is super cool. What about you, Sean? Well, at Christmas, I was usually doing lots of other stuff, but I wasn't watching Saturday Night Live, so I don't know much of the Christmas, but... I'd watch Saturday Night Live. My biggest memories were like Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, the, the, the later end of there, into the Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, and uh, and all them. And it's just some of the sketches they'd come up with. And as young as I was then, you, you wouldn't think somebody's writing for them. They're writing their own sketches. And it's like, and these guys are funny. Then you see them go into the movies, and it's like, these guys really are funny. But, I mean... Saturday night, right after the news, and all of a sudden you get that opening sketch of whatever it is, and he said, "Live from New York, it's Saturday night." Oh man, you know you're in for a good time. Mm -hmm. I and see, I remember, um, I remember it always being on, but not being allowed to watch all of it. You know, like uh, my dad would like pre-watch it first, and then you know if it was okay, then we'd watch it. And a lot of the the original you know, series weren't so bad. It wasn't until like maybe a little bit of the uh, Joe Piscopo era. And then later on where they started getting a little more racy. Uh, the, the But of course, at that point I was getting older. And so it was like, fine. It was no big deal for me, but my brothers, you know, it was still kind of a, a thing. So still I got to sit in with my dad as he would watch it the first time, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, nice and I memories. Felt, I felt, yeah, I felt special there, but said, so, yeah, same thing. Like the land shark. Uh, I remember that of course the, the real famous, uh, where Garrett Morris is Ant-Man, like their party that he has there. And, um, uh, you know, the superhero party that it's just, there's so many that, you know, the cheeseburger, cheeseburger, you know, the, all that, of yeah. course the blues brothers. I mean, there's like some iconic 
characters that have sprung from this. Mr. Robinson. Yeah, Mr. Robinson that we'll talk about later. Um, But not just these, you know, then we start getting in the later season, we started getting, uh, you know, Wayne's World, um, Pat from It's Pat, you know, some of those others. Church Lady. The Church Lady was another really famous one. Yeah. And it's just something about Saturday Night Live is it's a springboard for these comedians to really just grow. And uh, it's really something to see. Especially all all comedic geniuses that came out of, especially the 80s and 90s. I mean, granted, you had your originals like Chevy and Dan and Eddie and all them. They were comic genius. But uh, I don't know if my like for comedy is just not changing with the times, but they don't seem as funny to me now as they did like in the, the 70s, 80s, 90s even some of the early two thousands until like Mike Myers, Dana Carvey and, and all them left. It just, to me, it seemed like it's kind of went downhill. You know, I, I hear that a lot and I was in traditional radio for a long time. So we were, I was plugged into the pop culture thing. And every time there was a big shift at Saturday night live, every few years when a lot of the cast would leave or would be fired and they would bring in new people and the new season would start, a lot of people would say, you know, they're not funny anymore. It's not mm-hmm. going to make it. Who are these people? Who Dennis Miller doing the news? Not funny. Not going to make it. And of course, now <laughs> we look back and he was terrific. He on was the great. News. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it happens often. And part of it is that we get we get so attached. We do. To yeah. these these actors and to the characters that they do. And then they leave and it's new people. And I, I don't want something new. I want something comfortable. I want to, <laughs> right. you know, I, yep. I, I bring Belushi back and do Samurai Dry Cleaner. You know, I want to do some of that old classic <laughs> stuff again. <laughs> that was a good one. Or- so I, I, I get that. But I think that if you um, give it some time, I think the and the new cast gets to gel. I I think you'll enjoy it. Maybe yeah. that's what it is, is the new cast hasn't had time to gel or really get together where these guys seem like they've been together for a long time and really could play off of each other very well. So maybe that's what it is. And maybe I'm just old. <laughs> well, and, and you think about it, that cast yeah. that had Dana Carvey and um, Mike Myers and Dennis Miller doing the news and Phil Hartman, mm-hmm. those guys were all on there for a really long time. Mm hmm. So yeah. we did, we were used to, you know, it should be, there should, is, is, is it, are they going to do Wayne's world tonight? Yeah, they are. Okay, great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's right. Got, yeah. Got really comfortable with all of that. And then, and you know, and Adam Sandler would come on and sing a song and, mm-hmm. you know, we got, we got to, you know, they're, they're in our living rooms. They're our family. And then they left and who are these new people? I didn't invite them over here. Who right. are these new guys? They're not and, not the same. And I remember when, like, I think it was 95 when they had fired, like, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler, and they brought in Will Ferrell and all those new ones. And I remember, like, the, it took a couple of years before they were really funny and before I really started getting attached to their characters, like the cheerleaders. You know, yes. that, uh, that took yeah. me a while. Um, you know, the, the Roxbury boys. You know, I remember the first the first time they did it, and I was like, what am I watching? Like, why, why am I still watching this? And then I got used to it. And then just like you said, I kind of expected, I was like, Oh, I hope I see them on tonight. 
And so it was, it was a lot of it was uh, the same. Now the eighties were different because there was a lot of turnover. So Lauren Michaels left in 1980 and a lot of the writing staff and, uh, and cast kind of went with him. So then when his assistant uh, took over, I think uh, Dumanian or something like that, when she took over and a lot of the writers didn't like it and the new cast members didn't gel. And then one of them accidentally let an F bomb slip and then like that was it for her. So then they brought in a different showrunner and then he brought in other guys and it started kind of coming together. Eddie Murphy was there and Billy Crystal and uh, Martin Short, you know, and then um, that showrunner left and Eddie Murphy left. And then it was like, OK, here's another rebuilding year. And so it almost seems like it was kind of a cycle until about like 86 or so when we had the guys that you're talking about, Kevin Nealon, Phil Hartman. Um, Dana Carvey was there and, and they lasted throughout the early nineties. So they were, you're right. They were there for like a good five to eight years, I think. And we really grew with them. So when they left, it was kind of a blow. Yeah. You know, we, we have such for anybody who was around in the seventies when Saturday Night Live got going, we have such great memories of, you know, that original cast. And even when they brought Bill Murray in Mm -hmm. and it was, it was you know, great, but they weren't there nearly as long as some of these other casts. Right. But we still, because they were first and that was our introduction to Saturday Night Live, we think about those guys and we're like, God, you know, nobody's going to, nobody's going to be as great as those guys. I wish they never left. And they were only there a few seasons. Mm-hmm. I think Chevy Chase was only there for the, for, for one. Like a season and a half. Yeah. He left yeah. that November, I believe, um, November of the second season. So, yeah, he was he was very short and he was replaced by Bill Murray, who did fantastic. His lounge singer is still one of my oh, favorite yeah. things. I can't I can't hear <laughs> the Star Wars theme without you know thinking of him. Star Wars, <laughs> nothing but Star Wars, you know. <laughs> oh, I forgot I, about that one, yes. I wish that Nick the Lounge Singer got a Christmas special. That, that would have been, been cool. fun. <laughs> so Bill Murray, if you're listening. <laughs> Well, he already did a special though, kind of, yeah, kind of singing. Not quite yeah. the lounge singer singing, but he had his singing special. He did. He did sing a little bit. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. I would have loved to have seen that. But he was there. It was like him and Dan Aykroyd and and you know John Belushi and Garrett Morris and these guys were just. I mean, they were huge. They they really were funny. They really were. Um, and Steve Martin and Candace Bergen yeah, were on and, so many of those original episodes too. Well, and one thing that I learned when I was doing a little bit of research is that originally they were considering doing like just a permanent three hosts that would rotate and it was going to be George Carlin, Lily Tomlin, uh, Tomlin, and they were even thinking of Steve Martin and it was going to be those three. And then um, when one of them couldn't make it, you know, they decided, well, we'll just just forget about that. And so it was going to be these three on rotation. So they started just doing other guest hosts. Of course, George Carlin famous for being the uh, host of the very first episode, which is pretty right. cool. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. But, you know, that would have been an interesting idea, but I kind of like how they bring in just a guest, a show, and it really spices things up. It's all live. You don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they really don't. And, uh, <laughs> but I have been surprised by some of the sports, uh, sports stars that they've brought in. Uh, Wayne Gretzky in particular, I thought was pretty fun and Charles Barkley as well. Although most of them are not actors. They, they did okay. 
<laughs> well, if a comedy sketch like sketch like this, and you know it's live, you, you don't expect when you're watching it, you're not expecting a honed, performed, the practiced, rehearsed, all that stuff. Right? Yeah, they they go through and rehearse just so they kind of get it, but it's not like rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. And that's kind of what makes Saturday Night Live so great is that mm-hmm. it's not rehearsed to death. Um, right. They know right. they know enough to know what's going on, but it's live, so anything can happen. And to see people try not to break character and and laugh their heads off, watching them break character, laugh their heads off, and see how they recover <laughs> from all this—that's some of the best <laughs> stuff to watch. Look at looking at you, Horatio Sands and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Jimmy Fallon. Well, I wish okay. I had a buck for every time he cracked up. <laughs> Jimmy time. Fallon couldn't save character to save his life. <laughs> no, but just think more cowbell. But oh, that that was another funny one. But like each generation, like had their iconic characters, and and we'll get into the Christmas in just a little bit. But you know, it's like those first guys we kind of mentioned the Coneheads. They were huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Blues Brothers, all those, th- that was them, you know, and then we got like Phil Hartman and Dana Carvey's run where we started getting uh, uh, Wayne's World and Church Lady and the Church Lady, like you said, and and uh, uh, some of these others. And it's like they then we got Will Ferrell's run and he had his characters and it was just it's so fun to see these characters grow and to see the performers grow comfortable playing these characters and developing all their idiosyncrasies and quirks that just make it so amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah. And Tom Hanks has been on there as a host so many times yeah. that now he's got David S. Pumpkins, um, who they've done two different Halloween <laughs> things with that character. Um, I love David I, S. Pumpkins. <laughs> I love the way that the show never takes itself very seriously. Right. You know, they make fun of the fact that some of these guys have come back to host again and again. They do their five timers club. Right. Where, you know, with the, like with it's the, some the elite jackets. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's funny. And most of the time they make you feel like you're in on the joke. And right. it's, you know, that's part of the, uh, that's part of the charm, I think, of Saturday Night Live over the years. Oh, yeah. And, and I love me a good monologue, too. Yeah. Sometimes those monologues are like full on musical numbers. Sometimes if it's a stand up, they'll just get up there and do like a set. Uh, Sometimes they get audience participation and they answer questions and it's just hilarious. Sometimes they'll actually walk through all the backstage with the cameras following them where they talk talking to Lorne Michaels. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. And like you said, that kind of adds to the electricity of the moment. Um, just because of that but i do have a question so when you think saturday night live christmas and i know ken you already kind of mentioned one of them uh but besides that one what do you guys normally think of sweaty balls (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) that's my wife's favorite one too but i mean i cannot i've watched that a few times and you laugh every time every time yep (laughs) especially as deadpan as those girls are and yeah. you could you could see um Molly coming close to breaking character. Yeah. She came close a few times, but she still they still kept it. And then of course Alec, I mean, he was perfect through the whole thing. <laughs> <They're> so... <laughs> it's like a 
like a public radio type npr that, type yeah yep. npr cooking show that they do and they and they all kind of talk like this and <laughs> it's and he good comes times. out and there's a lot of innuendo of course and good times oh, yeah. good times good times, good times. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> well there are lots of great treats at this time of year zucchini bread fruitcake but the thing that i most like to bring out at this time of the year are my balls your balls pete well over at season's eatings we have balls for every taste popcorn balls mm. cheese balls rum balls you name mm. it wow my mouth's watering just thinking about those balls. for me um there's lots of musical performances i'm all about mm. the music yeah but one of the one of the things that they did uh in the 80s and we're probably going to talk about this one uh was the supposed Lost ending to It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> That's a good one. That's that was from, a good one. From William Shatner introducing it like it's serious that they found this. And and the impersonations, Dana Carvey doing Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Um, that was perfect almost. Yeah, that was terrific. John Lovitz as as old in, man in Potter. The as Potter. <laughs> it was great. Um uh, Phil Hartman as cousin Billy was perfect. They had the voices, the mannerisms. It was terrific. Even Dennis <laughs> Miller as his his brother Harry. Yes, yeah. it was great. And it was, you know, I didn't I didn't mean to really take over and delve into this already. No, that's but okay. That's fine. Yeah, I remember when I had first seen It's a Wonderful Life, and then I heard that when it came out, a lot of people were upset because Potter got away with it. He does. Mm -hmm. He didn't get, you know, they didn't catch him. They didn't do anything. Um, and when I had watched it, that didn't even occur to me. I thought, you know, it mm -hmm. delivered. It was a really good movie. But this this sketch is for everybody <laughs> who wanted to see Potter get it. And it was just, oh, it was, it was just, it was terrific. And that's another one that they play every year as well during their Christmas specials, just yeah. because It's a Wonderful Life is so in pop culture as like part of Christmas, you know, because of that whole issue with its uh, copyright. And so stations were just playing it anytime they wanted because no one legally owned the rights to it because of like a typo. <laughs> and so, yeah. so because of that, it, it like really has ingrained itself in our subconscious as like Christmas, you know, and in some cases the Christmas movie. And so it's funny when they did it and it really, <laughs> it really does make sense to show it every year, but at the same time, yeah, it was just, it was spot on. Uh, Phil Hartman, you know, I remember what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the strings around his fingers and everything and oh, everything. Yeah. So yeah. good. <laughs> they even filmed it in black and white. Right. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight marks an historic, not to say unique, moment in the history of both television and cinema. After a search of nearly 40 years, the fabled lost ending to Frank Capra's 1947 film, It's a Wonderful Life, has been found. Tonight, for the first time anywhere, Saturday Night Live is proud to present this priceless footage, the fully realized vision 
of an authentic American genius. So without further ado, here is the lost ending of It's a Wonderful Life. But for me, I think when I think of Christmas and Saturday Night Live, there's a lot of them I think of. Mostly, I think of that uh, four-man group, Horatio Sands, (laughs) Tracy Morgan, uh, Chris Kattan, and Jimmy Fallon. And they're playing uh, a guitar and keyboard. Tracy Morgan's just dancing. Chris Kattan's just holding the keyboard and turning his head. And Horatio Sands and Jimmy Fallon sing. And it's one of the funniest things. I remember when it first aired and we couldn't stop laughing. And, you know, my family has a tradition of going Christmas caroling whenever we're together. And we added that to our repertoire that year. And we did it for like the next few years. It was just, it was fun. And that's like the very first thing I think of every time we go caroling is, are we going to do, uh, I wish it was Christmas today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um over the last 10 years or so uh, for the sounds of Christmas station, I've started to get bands who will send me their cover of that song. <laughs> and I think that's just, that's terrific. That's just <laughs> really great. Is, that now yeah. I can play all these different versions besides all the different versions they did on Saturday night live. I think they did it like five times. Yeah, they did something like that. They even did an Easter one. I don't know if you saw the Easter one. Yeah. They're they're wearing the pastel shirts or sweaters. And then uh, like halfway through the song, they change it to a Christmas song. <laughs> they start, they even have fake snow coming down on them. So, but I feel like that's, that's us as Christmas podcasters, you know, we, <laughs> they represent us. I wish it was Christmas today. <laughs> Pretty much. I, yes. I, I really loved when they're doing that every time they've done it, that Tracy Morgan looks so serious. <laughs> yes. And all he's doing, he's not singing, he's not playing an instrument, he's just sort of dancing, dance, jogging in place, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it almost looks with like a jogging. serious yeah. look on his face and <laughs> never cracks a smile. Oh. <laughs> well, and I just can't, every time I see it, one of my thoughts is, how dizzy does Chris Kattan get because he's just moving his head back and forth. Like that's, that's rough for like three minutes to do. He was ramping up for a night at the Roxbury. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go ahead and dive into some of these. We're not going to talk all of the eighties Christmas uh, sketches because there, there are a few more that I just couldn't find that are out there in the either somewhere. I hope Uh, like I'm thinking specifically of a bankrupt Scrooge where he's uh, he comes back. It's Danny DeVito as Scrooge. And, you know, he's kind of giving away most of his money. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the next year and he right. can't he can't say no to anybody. But he's he's lost all his money. And even Bob Cratch is like, you know, you really got to learn to start, start saying no. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, plus you don't want this episode to go be about three, four hours long either. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other thing. So. I'm going to dive into a few of these in no particular order. Uh, We're not going to go chronologically. I'm just going to pick a few here and there. Uh, The first one I want to talk about is with Kevin Nealon. It's from 86 (laughs) and it's Christmas in New England. And it's just him. And it kind of, there's a voiceover about, you know, a lot of the cast having their Christmas memories. And so he just, he's got his nice little, you know, like tweed blazer or something on. And he's just leaning by the mantle. He starts talking about his, 
like his Christmas memories and how he just misses it. And it's so much fun at Christmas time. <laughs> the house fire because his sister. Oh God. Yeah. Smoking in bed. Smoking in bed. Put her out. Put her out. Yeah. But who cares? It was Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's Christmas. Christmas. It doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah. all fun. He's walking down. He sees the shop, you know, one of the local shops and the shopkeeper and his wife are at home enjoying their Christmas. And so you just break in and take anything you want. <laughs> yeah, who cares? It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's a nice feeling. I miss it. Cute little gift shop over here. It's all decorated. The owner's home with his family, right? So you break in, you take whatever you want. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's the holidays, you know? You see your house way down the street, you could just about make it out. That's your house, okay. It's all decorated, little red and blue lights all around it. You get a little closer, you realize those are police cars taking your father away for shoplifting. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, it's the holidays, you know? It's just a nice feeling. And that was like the running gag throughout the whole thing. And, you know, where he's talking about uh, uh, drinking hot chocolate, you know, because there's hot chocolate on the stove that had dried it was like spilled hot chocolate that had dried so you scrape it up and you put it in a pot and melt it and put some marshmallows <laughs> in it and then you're playing with that little thing hanging from the top of your mouth because yeah, you yeah. burnt the roof of your mouth <laughs> yeah but who cares it's christmas but it's christmas yeah and the until finally we get to the most important lesson of the season save your receipts <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> this one felt very Christmassy. It's, I don't know if it's just because there was a uh, the wreath, um, you know, on the fireplace, or uh, or just a whole mantle scene in general. But just I, I really got the Christmas feels from this one. You know? <laughs> well, you get you get sucked in because you you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's such a, I mean, it wasn't a, a it, it's such a perfect set where he's there at the fireplace with his leaning on the mantle mm-hmm. and and just starting to talk about christmas things and you know and you're just going with it because oh yeah it's christmas time uh, you can, can see his house in the distance with the red and blue lights <laughs> and it's so pr- wait those are police cars they're taking my dad <laughs> out for dad. shoplifting but you know who cares it's christmas <laughs> it's christmas <laughs> well, it, it kind of reminds you of like crosby and andy williams with their specials they kind of have those little monologues they just kind of sit there yeah so it yeah. brings you in that way and he starts talking about these things that actually kind of click and nostalgia until he he does that left turn and left turn, really yep. surprises you and makes you laugh. So that I think that's what makes it so Christmassy. It kind of reminds you of those old old shows like like Mandy Williams and Crosby's, but then they put a Saturday Night Live twist to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. 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 So that that one I really enjoyed, and uh, that one is from uh, season twelve in nineteen eighty six. It's crazy, uh, but okay. So that's one. There's another one that uh, I really thought was was fun. And of course, this one is the joy of Christmas. So this this is where they try to discover uh, from a child's point of view what Christmas is all about. (laughs) And I think it's Mary Gross. Yeah, it's Mary Gross. She's like a correspondent on the street. And she starts interviewing these children and <laughs> it's just a bunch of kids in succession. They like, there's different cuts to different children and each one's like very cynical. That's just very a big cynical. commercial racket. And oh, they're just trying to make a buck. And <laughs> yeah, you hear adults saying, 
these cute kids yeah and you're expecting them to say all the things you expect this cute kids to say at christmas and they're <laughs> talking about you know the commercialism of christmas yeah and it's not like it used to be you know yeah, hearing yeah. that from a little kid yeah you know 77 78 yeah. that was christmas that's christmas yeah <laughs> so uh, did you do research on this one jerry do you know it was were those kids actually like part of the the crews or somebody's because they had to be coached in order to to, to yeah, say those. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were reading off cue cards. You can see them their their faces, you know, their eyes darting back and forth. But uh, no, I mean, I don't know whose children they are. I I don't know even know if that information's out there, honestly. But the uh, the children are all, you know, dressed up and they're bundled up in their coats and their their winter hats and, you know, ah, uh, don't even get me started on the dumb christmas yeah. specials and <laughs> it's like a it's like a, a christmas man on the street kind of thing yeah. except that these are all kids but they're all giving those adult responses <laughs> that's that's why, the snl twist to it that's why it plays so well i think it's just you know oh they were already bringing christmas stuff out a few months yeah. ago and or uh the stores were they're so overcrowded i mean it's yeah it's <laughs> that, that's what makes it play so well even today is just because it's such that twist well that, and we still hear people saying stuff like that too well you still hear it but it's usually adults and the, but it the joke is so much because it's the kids saying it right and it still yeah. carries today it's, it's it, it that thing has aged very well i think one of them even makes a perry como joke <laughs> about how he yeah hates, yeah yeah I I do. <laughs> it just isn't what he used to be i remember in uh 77, 78. That was Christmas. And those dumb Christmas specials. Give me a break. You know who I hate the most? Perry Como. One of the godfathers of Christmas. What does he even say? There's a, there's not even a, a religious significance. They're just trying to yeah. make a buck. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. And then at the end, Mary Gross comes back and she's, you know, the camera's, it's a tight on her and she's just you know, about talking about the warmth and uh, joy and Christmas faces and their, the children's smiles. <laughs> Another spoof on, on, on the field reporters about no matter what's being said, they're going to be throwing a happy face about it. Right. Yeah. So uh, that was another fun one. Of course, we get, uh, and I'm going to save that one, those two for last. So we get, here's another one, the master thespian playing Santa Claus. <laughs> you know, John Lovitz at his best. Yeah, that was so great. And I, I, I watched that again um, in the last week, that episode. And I just think that could be, I, I can't believe there wasn't a master thespian movie. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that would have been, that would have been very entertaining, over the top, stupid, but you know, that's, I would have dug it. I would. Yeah. I would have been there. Um, and, and having him do Santa, and he's, <laughs> if you don't know the master thespian bit, John Lovitz was this actor. That's right, an who, actor. Who is really into the idea of acting, but you can tell from watching him for a couple minutes that he's not any good. He hasn't been in anything. He's playing this department store Santa in his dressing room is like the, the employee restroom. And gets he up on the know, chair. Line. He doesn't know who Santa is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be like, like a, 
Shakespearean actor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that he's done Othello and Macbeth and Hamlet, but he doesn't you're know. Santa, who's... you're supposed to like the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this before? What kind of a director are you? I never said I was a director. See that you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Phil Hartman comes in and he has that. Uh, it's like that guy from the 40s and 50s. I, I, I've never known the name of that actor, but, uh, you know, he's even appeared in like Bugs Bunny, like Looney Tunes cartoons. And he he talks like I, I can't even do it. I, I can't do it. But yes. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. It's <laughs> but he's supposed to be uh, R.H. Macy. You're right, right. But the way he's talking is very much like that that one character but, actor from yeah. from that era. Right. But then and, and if if anybody's listened to old time radio too, it's like those big uh owners of the department stores, it's kind of like that stereotypical type voice. Mm. Uh, those big owners that really have no clue what the peons are doing. So <laughs> well, so so John Lovitz is the master thespian and he's playing Santa Claus and he shoes someone out who's using the restroom because that's his, you know, quote unquote dressing room. Well, actually, what you didn't say, Jerry, is he was actually writing a, a note to himself for a novel talking about his stuff. And then as he's doing it, all of a sudden you hear the toilet flush. That's right. That's right. It starts off with him. He's kind of yeah. like writing a memoir or something. <laughs> so that's when he gets there. How dare you do this in my dressing room? <laughs> And so, so yeah, Ma- Mr. Macy comes in, and he he asks him if he can. The children can just come in here because yes, <laughs> the acoustics. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What's the matter, Master Thespian? You getting some stage fright?" And <laughs> uh, anyway, so he finally convinces him to you know do this major role, and he, the kid gets on his lap, and uh, it's Victoria Victoria Jackson. I think is yeah, Victoria Jackson and it's her kid. And she's like so excited because it's Santa and it's the master thespian playing him. So her kid goes up on his lap and he's like, I want a bike. And he's like, he, he immediately starts to berate the child for, for being like a mooch and a bum and asking for things. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And he gets pulled aside. You're supposed <laughs> to like the kids. He's like, do you even know who Santa Claus is? So, no, it turns out he doesn't. <laughs> so then the next child, uh, he goes all out and she asks for a doll. He's like, you can have all the dolls. In fact, there are dolls right in that aisle over there. Go and get as many as you want. <laughs> it's all on Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, they're furious. And Phil Hartman fires him. And the master thespian this whole time has been doing little bits, you know, where he's acting, uh, you know, where he... He uh, even has uh, Mr. Macy pull his finger. <laughs> that was back. That was back in the dressing room. Back in yeah. the restroom, yeah. right? Right. Had has the finger hidden. Goes and uh, Hartman does it just great. Oh, how'd you that happen? And he pulls his finger out. That's acting. Is it real? <laughs> yeah, pull it. Anyway, so he pretends to have a heart attack, and you know they're trying to. Re- revive him and all the kids it's like in front of all the children they're like you killed Killed santa Santa. claus you killed santa finally he relents he's like all right all right and that's when the master thespian gets up and he's like i was merely acting oh 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 my heart has failed farewell darling blitzen farewell 
thou beauteous multitudes of youth who stand before me. The jolly fat man lives no more. And why? Why? Because he killed me! The manager! Twelve the manager! The manager! Okay. Okay, you get up. Get out of here. Get out! You killed Santa Claus! Save him! Yes! Save him! Oh, all right! I'll save it. Ready tool! I was merely acting! Yay! All the kids are just applauding and for joy. Yeah, because uh Macy fired him, so he pretends to have a heart attack. It's it's so over the top and ridiculous. And I would have loved to have seen a master thespian movie now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Just getting into all sorts of shenanigans and him trying to get out of them by acting. Yeah, all the all the, the acting jobs he could have had at birthday parties or <laughs> you know, in, in all kinds of different situations. Um that that would have that that could have been a lot of fun. It, it almost and, re- and stupid at the same time, <laughs> right? Right. It reminds me of like in Ghostbusters two when they're singing at the at the children's party, <laughs> and the kids <laughs> just want He Man instead. But mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. So that was another one. I I loved that one, the Master Thespian. And so I want to get to another classic, Mister Robinson's Neighborhood. So this is a character popularized by Eddie Murphy. It was a spoof of Mister Rogers where he's like uh, a guy from the hood, essentially, from the, from the projects. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. he's trying to do his educational bit. <laughs> and so, Boys and girls! Yeah. <laughs> Just it's, Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy up the... At the, the height wall. of being Eddie Murphy, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pre, Pre-donkey. Right, yes. right. Yes, definitely pre-Shrek. And so he... He comes in, he's singing his song, and he starts he starts talking about how he loves Christmas because he's wearing like a Santa hat and the Santa outfit. And he talks about how he has to wear that to sneak in because his landlord gave him an eviction notice. He gave <laughs> he gave me a present too. Isn't it? It's an eviction <laughs> notice. And Mr. Robinson's kind of like a uh an adult version of his another character he did, Buckwheat. He a little of, bit, yeah. Kind of sounds like an adult version of Buckwheat. Right, right. To me, when but he a little that. clearer in his uh, enunciation. Yeah. yeah, that's why he's seen an, an adult version. Right, <laughs> right. Today's word, boys and girls, is Christmas, and it's spelled X X M A S. Yes, Chris Mus. And you know what else starts with X? X Con. Chris Mus. Do you know any other words that begin with X, boys and girls? How about it? <laughs> Who could that be, boys and girls? Robinson! Are you the guy that sold my kid a head of lettuce with a dress on it? <laughs> that reminds me of another word, boys and girls, that begins with X. Escape. And then uh, I do love how he talks about Christmas is his favorite time of year because he grabs like a Salvation Army bucket out of the closet. And you can make three or four hundred dollars a day. <laughs> a day. 
It's a yes. shame. It only comes once a year. <laughs> yes. Holding this, ringing this bell and holding this pot might not look like much, but to me, it's a small business. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he does say that. Yeah. And then comes up with the doll. And he comes, he has a doll. And he's like, you know, he can't really do much with it, but he takes the head off. He puts a head but, of cabbage. But with, with modern technology, <laughs> takes the head off. <laughs> Puts a cabbage on. You got a cabbage patch kid. <laughs> or a cabbage patch doll. Which, which stupid children will buy for 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And and then you hear the, the yelling in the background again. Mr. Robinson, did you sell my kid this doll with a cabbage on his head? Like a head of lettuce wearing a dress a or something. And, and the face Eddie Murphy makes every time he hears something like that is is priceless. <laughs> I mean, it did. It relates very poorly on an audio podcast, but right. <laughs> it's almost it's almost the Home Alone face where Kevin right. has the hands on the except he didn't put his hands on without his face, the hands. But, it's, yeah. but right. it's it's that kind of face. I know another word that starts with X. Escape. X. Escape. <laughs> <laughs> But he even has a whole spiel about how he and Santa have a lot in common. Like they both like to visit your house <laughs> while you're only, asleep. Only Santa likes to leave stuff. <laughs> I like to take stuff. Uh, and as he's going out the window, he, he mentions uh, how he'll be visiting your house real soon while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's that's such a classic bit. The whole that Mr. is Robinson. classic. Who is it? forgot that one that was great someone's at the door boys and girls who is it (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it's so out there and random but i have a feeling it rings true for a lot of people but uh not so much in south texas (laughs) (laughs) not in the midwest much either (laughs) yeah but it's hilarious nonetheless (laughs) then we get another there was um one from 82 one that I did not remember this character, but I guess Julia Louis-Dreyfus actually played her quite a bit. It was uh, April, May, June. She's like a Southern televangelist. And this was her Christmas message, <laughs> essentially, about the birth of the birth of Christ. <laughs> she does very good spoofing those evangelists that are on TV. Oh, man, she, she is good really at that. She really did, yeah. It's like a Tammy Faye Baker, you know, <laughs> or something. But she very much has a Southern and her Southern accent isn't that bad, actually. No. Yeah. And when you're watching it, as she's starting, you're like, wait, is this like a serious thing? Yeah. Is this a serious bit that they're doing? And then she's, and then it, you know, typical SNL fashion goes way <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Takes that mighty left turn. Go, okay, there it is. I don't know why they couldn't get a hotel. She she had the son of God with her. <laughs> or no, no, my favorite bit is that uh, then the three wise men came to visit and they brought him gold, frankincense and pork to see if he was Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> this one isn't uh, a classic by any means. I, I had no yeah, recollection I- of this one. Um, me either not until really. you said i mean it's 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 hilarious yeah it's fun all, it's to just, all get yeah. out but i don't remember that one at all either yeah same here a lot of people don't even remember that she was on saturday night live i don't know if she was on long but she um i remember her doing a uh a linda ronstadt spoof mm-hmm. that was that was really good um 
And for Gumby's Christmas special, another Eddie Murphy thing, um, she and I don't remember who the guy was, were Donnie and Marie. Mm. And it was, I mean, it was really, it was very funny. But most people just think of Seinfeld or Veep. Right. Or um, is it the New Adventures of Old Christine? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Margot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why yeah, is the carpet was, think, all wet, Todd? I, I think she was on for two seasons, um, but I'd have to double check that. I know she's she had a famous like spit take sketch where she's like uh, uh, the host of a talk show and she does a she keeps doing spit takes like the whole they'll say something and she just spits out a lot. But yeah, you're right. Most it's like when uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall were on. No one. Yeah. No one remembers they were on like at all. That <laughs> was those are the. The years people, I think, purposely forget. Probably those rebuilding yeah. years, as we talked about earlier. Exactly, yeah. is definitely a rebuilding year. Yes. So here's one from 1990. It's like the bookend of the 80s. It's the dysfunctional family Christmas <laughs> album. <laughs> this could tie into your time life treasure of music when you did with your brother. Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, the, and this is another one that they still they sh- at least show a little part of it. They show usually the Carol of Intimacy uh that dana carvey sings and it's usually as they're cutting away to a commercial they'll they'll just do that little bit in the special you know I, it's funny because those specials are usually just an hour long they have enough material they could make it like two hours if they wanted easily well, at least easily at least right and i don't know why they don't just do that uh i guess they have other things that get better ratings probably but there's like so much funny stuff and they just keep showing the same things over and over again so that's always a shame to me, but it's like a whole, and this exactly is, is what it sounds like. It's, it's like a, a promo that you would see late at night for some of those albums, you know, and they, they have the list of the song that scroll upwards, except this one's all about dysfunctional families. It's Phil Hartman is the dad. Oh gosh. I can't remember the name of that. Not Nora Dunn, the other girl. Oh, I can't mm. remember her name, but she's the mom. And then we get like Victoria Jackson's in there and, uh, uh, of course, Michael Myers and Dana Carvey, and they're all singing, and it's just—it's so fun. And it's—it's it's like the Kevin Nealon thing we were talking about. Each song starts, and you don't know where it's going, right? And then, and then they give it the little—the little twist until it's deep into the commercial, and then, that, and then, yeah, all bets that, are off. At that point, you know, yeah, like there's the yeah. one about. Uh, let's see, it's something like Daddy's nose is runny, and his his voice is like gravelly and funny it's 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 something like that and Mm -hmm. all we understood or and then when he spoke all we understood were the words god and damn and christmas (laughs) right yeah Timeless standards, including the classic Carol of Intimacy. Leave me alone, please go away. I'm doing fine, just get away. Leave me alone, please go away. I'm doing fine, just get away. Leave me alone, please go away. I'm doing fine, just get away. To order, call one eight hundred get help today. Operators are standing by. It's yeah, it really. It, you're right. It definitely goes off the rails. But like, here the here's the names of some of the songs. Can't let it drop. Oh, can't you let it drop? It's Christmas. 
what I want, you can't buy me fruitcake and shame. (laughs) 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 I really want to hear that one. I wish they, I wish they had written that one. Why am I the only one who knows what Christmas really means? Anyway, there's just, there's a ton of like these funny ones. Uh, There's one that she sings about, you know, deep down underneath all those pounds is a really pretty girl with (laughs) something like that. (laughs) It's just, it's terrible. And, you know, and, and this is something that it would be more likely to happen today, but they should have released, they could have released an album of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they had taken the time to write the actual songs and, and record them, and it would have sold. Mm-hmm. It would have sold. People would have, have bought it. People would have given it as gifts, sometimes ironically, sometimes not. But, um, <laughs> but well, I just, like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I would, we would have bought it just because it's funny. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. It's, uh, I, yeah, I totally 100% would, it'd be, they would be on like a Christmas playlist. <laughs> well, and, and I just, in getting mu- music and getting the new music for the sounds of Christmas this year, so many more movies and not just movies in theaters, but Hallmark movies and Netflix movies are putting the songs out mm-hmm. and releasing them. And you've got them, you know, everybody knows about Lindsay Lohan and her movie and her version of Jingle Bell Rock is already out there. Oh, wow. And um, the Fraggle Rock Christmas special is, um, I believe, it just came out or it's coming out. It's one of those Apple plus things, but there's a soundtrack to that that's coming. So they could, they could certainly today it'd be, it'd be pretty easy to do that. Um, And Lauren Michaels, if you're listening and I'm sure you guys still have all the rights. Probably. It's not too late. (laughs) There's a one, there was one called let's pretend we like each other this Christmas. (laughs) There's just there were some great titles here that just oh man I still like that intimacy carol one that you mentioned with yeah. Dana Carvey that, that that's got to be me uh, one of my favorite ones they 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 actually did the little snippets of yeah yeah they and and they usually like I said they usually just use that as their as a playoff you know to a commercial cut um, there was one called the almost perfect Christmas uh, where they talk about we have the perfect tree and the perfect meal and the perfect this and the perfect that mm-hmm. and then your brother yelled at your mother and ruined everybody's Christmas. <laughs> it's just, it's the most ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Carol of intimacy, I think is uh, my, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Please go away. Da, da, da. I mean, <laughs> that's almost sounds. would they do that? It sounds almost something like Bob rivers would have done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I could see him doing that. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. I, I cut just a couple more of these. Cause they're a, Someday I'll get my Christmas right. I've got my drinking under control for the holidays. <laughs> Peace on earth. Where? <laughs> oh, man. All right. And then, uh, yeah, the daughter song where it's the mothers and the daughters singing. But it was done also very much like one of those commercials or one of those old specials where, you know, you cut to them and they're wearing their sweaters. They're all de- decked out for Christmas and some are singing here and then some are singing over there. and so. Again, it it very much added to the um, quote unquote authenticity and gave that very much Christmas feel to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So we kind of already talked a little bit about the It's a Wonderful Life lost ending. I um, 
I want to get into Hanukkah Harry, the night Hanukkah Harry <laughs> saved Christmas, because that's one that I've only vaguely recalled when I was uh, when I was younger. I, I didn't remember seeing the whole thing. I know there's another one, the night Hanukkah Harry saved Easter as well, where uh, the Easter bunny like comes limping up to his door and then he has to go deliver uh, Easter baskets and things like that. But in this version, <laughs> Santa Claus has got like some sort of stomach flu and he's like throwing up and he just, he can't get out of bed and he's thinking about calling it quits. And of course his wife suggests, well, why don't we just have the elves do it? He says, well, they don't have that kind of magic to do that, but there is one guy that might. And so he calls Hanukkah Harry, who's like in the midst of this big operation where they're showing or showing where they're sewing various, uh, clothes for as hanukkah presents really form of a sweatshop <laughs> well you know i mean they're i like how he's like well i'm kind of, it's kind of my busy time too but ah, oh, what the heck all right yeah. <laughs> and, and he's very much like a stereotypical almost like a stereotypical rabbi or jewish mother uh, you know like mm-hmm. all the quirks and things that you would think of from like a what someone from from brooklyn you know they they threw it in which I think adds adds to it all, and of course it's brought to you by the uh, the Jewish Anti Defamation League, so, right? <laughs> and, and again, and again, John Lovitz <laughs> at one of his best times doing Hanukkah Harry. Yeah, but but I like that it's a uh, Hallmark and the Jewish Anti Defamation League. <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark could just do anything. Of course, uh, Hanukkah Harry's place instead of you know Santa's at the North Pole, he's on Mount Sinai. Which I I thought was very appropriate as well. Cut to his theme song, where he starts saying like "On Moshe, On Herschel." On Moshe, On Herschel, On Shlomo. This Hanukkah Harry ignites a year. On Moshe, On Herschel, On Shlomo means that Hanukkah Harry is here. And the special effects in this is just so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see the strings, you see the, the wooden yeah. things the, go the by. That's what, make, that's what makes that so fun. Well, so he visits some children and well, well, first he goes to Santa to, you know, to get the list a naughty and nice list. And he's like, well, why is he naughty? And I guess, cause he, he spoke when he wasn't spoken to him. He's like, what? He's a he's a kid. Children do these things. You know, I'll give him a little something. But so anyway, he he goes to the this house, uh, and the children are like hiding. It was Mike Myers and Victoria Jackson. They were kind of waiting for him to come, and he you know for Santa. And so he shows up, and they're a little confused at first. They think he's Santa, and then they realize, wait, Santa wears a red suit, and you know his nose is like a cherry, and you're wearing a black suit and your nose is, and he interrupts him. Oh, you're a very smart boy. You're very smart. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. He, he kept saying that. That was like his catchphrase. But so they're excited because he's filling in for Santa who's sick. And so he gives them their presents and, and she rips it open. And uh, he says, you've been very good. So I was extra nice to you. And so she opens it up and it's, 
It's eight pairs of socks. She goes, it's socks. It's, he goes, no, it's eight pairs of socks. Yeah. <laughs> eight pair. <laughs> I was waiting for the Dracula voice to come on. Eight pair. <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, That Mike Myers and Victoria Jackson, as the kids, they're worried that they're going to be in trouble because they weren't up. supposed to stay up. Right. And so they ask him that, and he said, <laughs> if they're going to be in trouble, and he says, what, for insomnia? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Just have some warm milk. Because <laughs> he was going to take banana. the milk back to the fridge. Right, because yeah. he, he tastes like, oh, we can't leave this out. It's going to get spoiled. And then he's like, and for you, the little boy, he's like, a pair of slacks. They're a little big, but you'll grow into them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. that. It was perfect. Uh, and, then, and then she's going on while talking about, well, Jewish people have those eight nights of Hanukkah. And maybe this is all they get. So us getting toys isn't so bad. So we shouldn't be jealous, right? Shouldn't exactly. be jealous of right. them getting eight because they get these. Well, because she says, you know, Santa usually brings us like fun things. And, yeah. And so he says, oh, I got lots of fun for you. A dreidel. And for you, some chocolate coins. <laughs> so, so that's that's when she she realizes, oh, maybe we have more in common than we think. And that's when we hear the sleigh bells and Santa, Santa appears, and her uh, her, I guess, musings, her realization uh, about this uh, Christmas and humanity and togetherness kind of cured his stomach flu, and so he gives her like a Barbie makeup thing and a pellet gun for the brother and, and so they're immediately go to hug santa because they're so excited for their toys and that's when hanukkah harry is like what am i like rotten fish over here <laughs> and so, uh, you guys they say oh we love you harry hanukkah oh you're embarrassing me yeah exactly back to his catchphrase and that's kind of how it ends <laughs> but another great role with john lovitz yeah he didn't he have another? He also had that guy. Uh, yeah, that's the ticket, right? The, yeah, was it? Yeah, like the, my lovely wife, uh, Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So those are those are some funny ones there. Um, of course, we have the like we said, the uh, the lost ending, where they basically, after they realize that Potter's the one that man Potter is the one that gets away with it, they go to his house and they just start beating him up. <laughs> Trouble already. You made one mistake, Mr. Potter. You double crossed me and you left me alive. Now, wait just a second. I'll give you the money back. I don't want the money. I want a piece of you, Potter. Well, I'd rather, Mr. Potter, and the whole bad configuration of things, you're nothing but a scurvy little spider. Why? Why, you're nothing but a fraud. You're not even a cripple. Now, wait a second. I can explain that. <laughs> Harry, Mary, hold him for you. That's it. I'm joking. I like how they kind of, you know, quote, unquote, throw John Lovitz 
over the desk and then they, they right. drag him out of course it's a dummy and they just start like beating it with throwing him against the wall and kicking, jumping on him <laughs> see dana carvey do an elbow drop on him <laughs> yeah and then as they're beating him with, alive. <laughs> with sticks or whatever at the end when yeah the, yeah they, they are, everybody's singing forgot <laughs> Oh, they're they're all singing "Auld Lang Syne." <laughs> of course, there were a few other ones. There was the one with the church lady. Could it be Satan? Where she's talking about <laughs> yeah, Santa. When you rearrange the letters, what does that spell? <laughs> you know, in her aversion. Uh, there's one. I don't know if you guys remember this. It wasn't from the '80s. It it was from the last like ten years or so. It's Ryan Gosling and his uh, his wife. They go to a party, and at the party. You know, because there's little kids there as well. The parents are like, oh, and we might be, uh, Santa Claus might be coming to visit. And they get so excited. They're, they're just so ready. And they're, they're like, oh, it's finally happening. We're going to meet Santa. You know, (laughs) Ryan Gosling and his wife. I don't remember that one. Ryan Gosling's wife like goes to sit on his lap and he's like, he's like, come on, baby, tell him, tell him everything you want. (laughs) They're just like so into it. It's, it's awesome. There was that, um, Think of like a Ronette style one with uh Kristen Wig and um oh gosh, what's her friend? Uh, Maya Maya Rudolph, where they're like singing a song, Santa's my boyfriend. Oh yeah. Yeah, very 60s style. They actually sing it pretty well. <laughs> and Tina Fey, that's that's who else it is. Yeah, it's those three, and they're singing about how uh Santa's like they're all dating Santa. <laughs> I actually remember that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another funny one. You know, talking about Hanukkah, Harry brings to mind the, uh, and, and this was, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. The, um, the darling love song that they did Christmas for the Jews. It was a claymation. Oh yeah. Video. Yeah. And it was, it had the wall of sound. It was perfect. It's really Darlene Love singing in it. And it's all about, you know, everybody, all, everybody who celebrates Christmas is at home. So the streets belong to the Jews and they're out there <laughs> and they're out there going to see shows on Broadway, but the regular people aren't starring in them because it's Christmas. <laughs> um, and they're going to the Chinese restaurants and everything. And it was, it, it was, done so well yeah that's another one that should have been released as a single oh yeah that that would have made money <laughs> yeah yeah well i hear i heard uh speaking of mariah carey officially lost her case because they didn't respond to the countersuit uh by what's her name chan so she she can't copyright or trademark elizabeth chan oh yeah elizabeth chan she couldn't copyright or trademark queen of christmas so her oh, lawyers never responded. So, <laughs> so just so Ken, you know, control she, your disappointment, there, Ken. <laughs> I, I, I don't think either of them. I, I would see that title more for Darlene Love. Really, I honestly would too. Yeah. Yep. Um, Elizabeth Chan has a has a has a bit of a a say in that too. I mean, granted, it. I agree with you, Ken. It should go to Darlene, but I think Elizabeth Chan has more of a. Uh, uh, a say to that title versus Mariah. Yeah, I think in my personal opinion. Yeah, and I think the only reason Mariah Carey is even 
talked about is just because of that one song that's played over and over and over. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah, and... that makes her that makes her ridiculous amounts of of money oh, every single day. More money in one day than the three of us will probably see combined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But it, even though that's not one of my favorite Christmas songs at all, I mean, I'd still like to get the money that she gets from that in royalties. Yeah, I so would be happy geez, with yeah. just one day's worth. Same here. Find. Yeah, yeah, because of how I've, often they play it. Oh my goodness! I, I know well, we could do off. three days, one for each of us. How's that? <laughs> okay. I know this is off topic, and and I'm fine if you you cut this out. But oh, I think fine. with the title of the Queen of Christmas, I feel like that's something that the artist shouldn't say I should be this. Right. You know, Elvis didn't say he was the king of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Other people recognize that. And, you know, and I, and I feel the same about this. I I just don't think that I think it, it just seems a little weird to say I'm the, I mean, it certainly does with me saying that I'm the queen of Christmas. Cause I'm not, (laughs) Yeah. Well, this I day think, and age, Ken, you never know. You could be. <laughs> I, but I think any artist that says that they're the king or queen of of whatever, it, it's it's yeah, it just seems weird. It's different if you know, if Rolling Stone magazine came out, uh, if they're even relevant anymore, or Billboard or uh, TMZ or whoever came mm-hmm. out and said, you know, Darlene Love has another number one, she's the queen of Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine, but you know, and that's, for, that's where I was going with Elizabeth Chan. Cause somebody else had given her that title. Yeah. It was like, uh, the oh. New York times or something. Yeah. Some other company, she didn't give it to herself and Darlene obviously didn't. And everybody else would agree that she should be because she's got that one song, just like Mariah did be a huge hit, but she had it well before Mariah. I think even before Mariah was born. Oh, I don't know who Darlene. Yeah. She's had she's had a bunch of no no the, that that uh baby please come home I would did yeah was that before Mariah was born oh or? yeah that was that was yeah that's what that I'm was saying thirty she years had, before Mariah yeah she had that before Mariah was born so I mean she if anything yeah. she's got more of a claim she's definitely got the claim before Mariah right I would think so no I was just gonna say and she was on Letterman every every year, year. to mm-hmm. sing yep. that. Every yep. year for over twenty years, every year, and and he referred to her as that, and yep. that's why he had her on. And I feel like that carries more weight than having just a monster <laughs> hit. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, and, and one of the websites that I'm a part of too. I mean, they they would call that love must because it's darling love with. They would watch that sh- Letterman with Darlene on it, doing her her song and her thing. And they would call it Love Mus, L O V M A S, L O V E M A S. So, so and it was just tradition for those guys on the website to watch that, and to them that was Christmas. So, I gotcha. That's cool. And now back to what we're supposed to be talking. About. <laughs> but it does make me wonder: what would you guys say would be your hap hap happiest memory or moment of Saturday Night Live Christmas? For me, it was the Christmas episode in 1984. Eddie Murphy was hosting. I don't know if that's the one that had the Mr. Robinson's neighborhood on it. He was hosting because whoever was supposed to host couldn't make it. And he'd had, he'd had some, he'd had Beverly Hills cop. And so they thought, 
let's right. betty will host and the honey drippers robert plant and the honey drippers were the mm. musical guest they did two songs that night they did sea of love that was the hit and then near the end of the show they did santa claus is back in town and it's never been released but it was just it was just terrific there's Robert Plant singing this Christmas song. There's Paul Schaefer at the piano. Mm-hmm. Brian Setzer, who I watched this again recently, looks like a kid <laughs> from the, the Stray Cats um, playing guitar. And it's just it's it's just Christmassy and it's unexpected. You weren't expecting a Christmas song from Robert Plant, even when he's with this other band. But. It was, it was just, and it's just something that I think about every year at December and they never put that on, you know, the best of Christmas Saturday Night Live special that, I mean, other artists have done Christmas songs on SNL over the years, but that one to me, that's, that's my happiest one. I can still remember watching that when it was live and being sorry that I wasn't recording it on the Betamax that we had. Nice. <laughs> My dad still has his old Betamax. Uh, it Does finally it still work? No, it finally stopped playing a couple of years ago, but for a long time, we would still watch some of the old um, videos that we taped from MTV on there. <laughs> nice. Nice. But what about um, you, Sean? For me, I mean, it, it's not really one thing with Christmas. It's just, it would show New York and stuff. And that has been one of my bucket lists for years is to see New York at Christmas. So you get the comedy fun of Saturday night live with the decorations and stuff of Christmas. It's just a Christmas feel. You got New York at Christmas, which is, I guess one of my bucket lists and is to me, one of the best, best things of Christmas is just, just seeing New York all decked out for Christmas. So, um, it, so just seeing just seeing a lot of these again has just been my happy, happy, happiest time is just and they watching that special where they do the best of where you got sweaty balls and you got <laughs> all of them in there. It's it, it, it Christmas fun all in one. I okay, so for the and those are both very good. For me, I remember when they did the spoof of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and Alec Baldwin <laughs> came back. Oh yeah. He, he was yes. like the, the elf, you know, that corporate brought in to you know, because our tools were bad and Amy Poehler and, uh, oh gosh, what's, what's the, the guy that took over weekend update after I, I can't remember his name anyway. Um, that Norm McDonald. No, no, oh. it was, uh, before the, these guys Colin Yost and it, it was, um, why can't I, I remember can picture him. I, can't yeah, I don't know why I, I, his name is completely escaping me. Anyway, they're like elves and, and Rachel Dratch is there and they like, can't, make anything you know with their tools or complaining about their tools and he's just in there doing the exact glenn gary glenn ross speech but just about <laughs> about making toys yeah, you can't make... fired yeah that's right yeah you can't make <laughs> can't make toys with these tools you can't make anything you're worthless and <laughs> a b c always be cobbling <laughs> no always be uh, closing is what he initially said. He says it first, right. and then he changes. He says it. Yeah. Tw- he says yeah. it twice, yeah, and then you see himself. them. You see them both kind of break a little bit. Even yeah. Alec broke a little bit on that one, and then he said, 
And he, after he corrected himself, why should girlfriend. we listen to you? And they're speaking with like little elvish voices. Why? Because what did he say? Because I rode in here on a on a giant moose. You guys <laughs> came in on a hedgehog. I came in on a giant moose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man! But now we come to my favorite part of the show. So this is a little segment where we uh, I like to call "Gag Me with a Spoon," where we do our best impression of our least favorite part. Now these were really funny. There's there's not really a least favorite part so i'm gonna i'm gonna go off book uh we're live here you know so i'm gonna go off book and we're just gonna do whatever part you want to do an impression of i'm good with that uh as a guest i'll let you go first just kind of set up a scene for us we'll start with sean uh well there's so many to pick from (laughs) that's the best part um i think it's for me it's got to be the sweaty balls thing um just the, the they're all just deadpan Trying not to break character. Luckily, they're with them trying to be NPR, the deadpan, it helps them not to break character. But I mean, just the part where she says, I'd like to put my hands around your balls. And then he says, Your balls are glistening. And it says, Yeah, these are my sweaty balls. And it's <laughs> you're talking about like 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 cookie balls or meatballs or something like that. What right, it is. Right. And one of the parts says, Your balls are deformed because I left them on uh the hot oven for a bit. <laughs> and just the innuendos and the deadpan, especially of Alec. Alec is the best, but just yep. the deadpan, it's just, it's hilarious. And just the way he comes across and says those innuendo lines is, it, it's hilarious too. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all trying to say like, like the, yeah, good times, good times. Because they're, they're all trying to say like they're, they're, they don't, they're trying to act like they don't know what the innuendos are when they do, which also makes it funny. Yep. That's good. What about you, Ken? Acting? Ho, ho, ho! (laughs) That's right. I just, that was just so great that they take this character and he'd been on doing a couple master thespian sketches before, but that they take him and put him in this situation (laughs) as a department store Santa. I thought that was just, uh, it was just hilarious that this guy who's supposed to be a wannabe Shakespearean actor, actor, and <laughs> and he doesn't know who Santa is, and he's it's just and and John Lovett's so great at this at yes. this character, so over the top, um, and never breaking, you know, never cracking up at whatever. And I can't imagine being in a scene with him when he's doing that, right? Ho ho ho. <laughs> and not and not just not just losing it now who wants to hear some shakespeare oh <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, those are both good uh so i actually picked a one from the uh the man on the street type interview and it's with the little boy and he says you know who i hate the most harry como <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, so funny. (laughs) So ridiculous. All those kids were funny. Yeah, they really were. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I I do got to know. So G.I. Joe taught us that knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? Making sure Potter gets his comeuppance. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a good one. Not taking Christmas too seriously. Yeah. For real, <laughs> those are 
Those are both better than mine. I said, if uh, so, if no one's half to battle, the other half is putting the Carol of Intimacy on your Christmas playlist. <laughs> well, I like that one too. Uh, guys, it's been so much fun chatting with you. But uh, like, tell me about your shows. Uh, why don't we start with you, Ken? My sh- my podcast is The Sounds of Christmas, uh, a sister thing to my online music station, The Sounds of Christmas. Uh, just posted my hundredth episode. Hooray. <laughs> the the podcast is conversation about Christmas music. Sometimes it's just me and sometimes it's guests. Sometimes it's you guys. Sometimes <laughs> it's um singers, musicians, <laughs> artists. And especially this time of year, I try to get a lot of artists on. And I try to get a lot of artists that that everybody may not know, but I think that if you got to hear about them and you like what you heard, maybe you'll go check out their music because I think you'll like it. So I try to do that with a lot of them. Um, but when the opportunity comes up to talk to somebody <laughs> that everybody does know or does know their work. Uh, I kicked off this season, the beginning of November, talking to Al Petrelli, who's the Mm. guitarist for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And he's been there since day one, since before day one. He and Paul O'Neill were really close. And he's been on every song that they've done, and he's still touring with them. And I tried not to fanboy out when I was talking to him. <laughs> oh, I understand. Yeah. And but, you did a good job not fanboying, Ken. I'll give oh, you that. Thank you. That <laughs> was hard. I understand. Because um, I, ever since I heard that first Trans Siberian Orchestra album back in the, uh, back in the 90s, um, I've been hooked. And to be able to, to be able to talk to this guy and to be able to tell him, you know, thanks for your music. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also to be able to hear about the creation of all of this stuff and what they're still trying to do. Um, For those who don't know, um, Paul O'Neill passed away five, six, seven years ago, I believe. But they're trying to keep the legacy alive. He said that Paul had told him that what he wanted was for this thing that they've all created to outlive them all. So cool. Yeah. That's super. So that cool. was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good stuff, man. When you can, when you can get a guest like that, please do because I love hearing that stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I saw that you posted, I was like, "What? He got him? That's so cool." I'm I'm trying to get Striper on to talk about Winter Wonderland and uh, reason for the season, and you know, but we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you'll have better luck than I will, um, and I'll listen to the heck out of that. Uh, what about you, Sean? Um, my podcast is Christmas Podcast Podcast, and it's uh, linked to christmaspodcasts.com. Basically, to put it in a nutshell, I'm a hype guy for you guys. Um, I find a lot of Christmas podcasts. I listen to a lot of them, and the only downfall to that is they tend to blend together in my brain. And uh, I can't decipher who's who, but, I mean, uh, Totally Rad Christmas and Sounds of Christmas Podcast uh, we both have them on our site. Um, I post as regularly as I can. Weekends tend to be a little more lax just because I'm busy doing so much stuff. But uh, pretty much every day during the week, I'll, I'll po- put on the website 
uh, the new episodes that you guys drop when they drop or as soon as I can get to them. And basically I hype you guys up. I try to bring you guys traffic to listen and, and hopefully get new listeners and um, just say, Hey guys, listen to the, to these here. And you guys have got great episodes. And like I say, my only issue is, is they all tend to blend together because I listen to every, pretty much every one of them. So. Yeah. Sometimes you, you even, uh, you even, yeah, thank you. And, but sometimes you even put the social media stuff up before I even can. So that's how fast you are. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely go check those both out. You'll learn a whole lot. You'll have a lot of fun and you'll, especially, um, with, with Ken's you'll, you'll learn about some new artists that are so cool that you might never have heard, but have great music. And with, uh, with Sean's, you'll, you'll, that's like the gateway to all of the Christmas podcasts. So, uh, definitely go check both of those out guys. Thank you one more time to talking about Saturday night live with me. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I had a, I had a blast. This has been yeah, great, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having us do this. Yeah. yeah anytime. This is a lot of fun. All, always welcome. And on that note, I'm going to end it by saying that reminds me of another word, boys and girls, that begins with X, Xcape. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like Kevin Nealon breaking into a shop on Christmas Eve, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. The spirit of Christmas mirrored in the smiling faces of children. This is Jerry D saying, Merry Christmas one and all. Later, dudes. Here for Robert Plant and Honey Dripper. Down.